Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Neville Born Again. I'm your host, Brian Dempsey. Let's listen again years after his great lectures and reinterpret Neville Goddard's message. When most people think of the law of attraction, they think of the movie The Secret. But long before this movie phenomenon was, Neville Goddard was here. From 1905 to 1972, Neville was a new thought teacher who never actually referred to the law of attraction, but instead simply talked about the law. Neville taught that we are in charge of our lives and that it is natural to use this power to create the life we want. Many people flocked to Neville and his message. He taught on TV and radio and packed audiences in New York City and Los Angeles. He settled in L.A. and preached at the Wilshire Theater, where his seating capacity of 1,270 was quickly filled. Let's start with one of Neville's primary messages, act as if, believe in. But I think it's important first to mention how Neville references the Bible. Now, Neville never had any specific religion. He wasn't Catholic, Protestant, uh, Episcopalian. He had no religion. He believes that this person or thing called God is the universe. He actually believes that each one of us is God, and that's uh, his I amness theory. He studied the Bible day after day for many years. He does reference the Bible a lot. In fact, he believes that most of the stories told in the Bible are actually parables and none of them actually happen, but they are ways we are supposed to live our lives. So just wanted to get that out there. There's no religion. No, we're not preaching anything. Is This is spiritual only. There's absolutely no religion, but he does reference the Bible a lot. And when he references God, he's talking about the universe, uh, the spirit, uh, the oneness, the I amness. I just wanted to get that out there. So again, here we go. Tonight's subject is living the end. I dare say that everyone here would say yes to the statement of Scripture. With God, all things are possible. I don't think you'd be here if you did not believe in God. And a God to whom all things are possible. But maybe we stop right there and we separate man from God. And my purpose is to show you that we are not two, that we are one. That God actually became man, that man may become God. So let us now tonight give you my reasons for my claims. We turn to the book of John, the Gospel of John. And we are told that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, that's a mistranslation. The word translated among is the Greek preposition in, within. The word became flesh and dwelt within us, in us. John 
use the plural us for the nature whereof we consist. That the word of God, which is defined in scripture as the creative power of God and the wisdom of God, did not take upon itself some one person among men. For then that one assumed would have advanced and no more. But Christ to save all did not make this man or that man his habitation, but dwelt in us. That same creative word that created the universe and sustains it dwells in us. Therefore with God all things are possible, and therefore with man all things are possible. So he states it in one book, Matthew, with God all things are possible. But in Mark he states it, all things are possible to him, meaning man, who believes. Can man believe? So this creative word is in us. Well, what is this creative word? It's your own wonderful human imagination. That's Christ in man. Man is all imagination, and God is man, and exists in us, and we in him. The eternal body of man is the imagination, and that is Christ himself, the divine body, Jesus. We are his members. So when you say, I am, that's he. Now, can you believe that you are now the man that you would like to be, though at the moment of your assumption, reason denies it, and your senses deny it? Only just started. Both your life. Can you really conceive a scene, a scene which, if true, would imply the fulfillment of your dream? Yes, imagine it. Certainly you could imagine it. But the problem is, will you believe it? Will you believe in the reality of the thing imagined? If I could, this very moment, imagine myself into a state, any state at all, and dwell in it. Well, now, what is dwelling in it? Well, I am dwelling in it. Well, that's Christ. And that is the resurrecting power of the universe. So if I remain in a state, I will resurrect it and objectify it in my world. But I have to select it and enter the state. If the spectator could enter into any of these states in his imagination, approaching the state on the fiery chariot of his contemplative thought, what would it be like if it were true? How would I feel if I were now the man that I would like to be? How would I know that I could become it? Well, I first, as I assume that I am it, let me think of my friends. Those who really would rejoice with me were it true. Let me imagine that I am seeing them in my mind's eye. How do they see me? If what I am assuming is true, they should see me as I am seeing myself. And if they are friends, they should rejoice with me. So let me now assume that I am seeing, reflected on the face of a friend, that which, if I saw it, would imply he sees in me that which I have assumed that I am. Will that work? Try it. I tell you from my own personal experience it works. As we are told in Corinthian, do you not realize that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail to meet the test. Now we are challenged. He said, come test yourself and see. Well, this is how I test myself. If Christ is in me and all things are possible to Christ, then I must find out who he is. 
for I have found him as my own wonderful human imagination. And because he dwells not only in me, he dwells in us, everything is possible to everyone in the world. And so you help man best by telling him who Christ is. You could give him all the things of the world that he needs. He'll come back for more tomorrow unless he knows who Christ is. You can give the entire world to any one of this. They'll spend it, waste it, if they don't know who they are. But tell him who he is, and he doesn't need anything more than the knowledge of who he is and the application of that knowledge. For we are the opering power. It doesn't work itself. I can tell you that your imagination is Christ. And maybe you'll believe me. But unless you actually take it to the point of working upon it and operating it, it means nothing. Well, if this night I really believe it, I would not allow the sun to go down in my sleep unless I feel myself right into the situation of the wish fulfilled. It need not a wish for myself, it could be a wish for a friend, for everyone in my world, because Christ dwells in all and Christ is the true identity of every man, then everyone must be myself pushed out. It can't be another if God is one. Therefore I tell myself as the seeming other what I would do were I you. And instead of giving him the thing that he needs physically, tell him how to get it for himself. What would you feel like if now you were the man that you want to be? How would you see the world if things were as you desire them to be? Now this is what I mean by living in the end. Robert Frost, just the year before he departed this fair, he wrote this story for Life magazine. And he said the founding fathers did not believe in the future. What a shock that they did not believe in the future. They believed it in. He said, we are always imagining ahead of our evidence. And the most creative thing in man is to believe a thing in. They had no evidence to support their claim to democracy. They were under a king when they threw the king away and began to simply build a concept of the future. They did not believe that the mere passage of time would bring them that dream. They believed it in. And these men believed implicitly in the word of God. And they believed that if I know what I want, when I pray, believe that I have received it, and I will. Well, if that precept is true, literally true, to be accepted literally and fulfilled literally, well, then what am I doing not believing? So there's a question for you. What am I doing not believing? Once again, you're listening to Neville Born Again here on WBTN AM 1370. If you are truly interested in Neville Goddard, I strongly encourage you to look him up on Google. There are many pages, uh, all his works, his books, his lectures. He never did it for any money. He did get money, but it was just enough to cover expenses for the hall rental and so forth. As you listen, you'll learn that Neville actually experienced many of these things that happened. He actually put it to the test, and he tells you stories of how things happened just by believing in it. So we'll go back here to Neville. I hope you're enjoying the show. I should actually know exactly what I would like to be, and discovering what I would like to be as against what I seem to be, dare to assume that I am it. And my assumption, though false, if persisted in, will harden into fact. That I know from my own experience. And I know it's a law, therefore, if someone is not becoming the man that they would like to be, and they tell me, but I once imagined it and it didn't work, then what are you doing now and still not imagining it? If imagining creates reality, 
what are you imagining? For if Christ is the only creative power in the universe, and I identify him with my own imagination, well then my imagination is creating reality. So what am I imagining? Pick up the morning's paper, and I'm fed with everything I should not feast upon. All the horrors of the world, all the negative states of the world. After having read it for an hour, then I must either regurgitate, or in some strange way rub it out, because I can't go along through life feeding upon such nonsense. But if I really know what I want, what you want, what we want, and persuade myself that we have it, if my premise is sound, that imagining creates reality, I should, in the not distant future, hear you tell me that it's worked for you, and the other one tells me, and I in turn tell you, and go through life sharing this marvelous news with others. So I say, live as though it were true. Just as though it were true. That passage of Shakespeare, we have been taught from the primal state that that, that he which is was wished until he were. Here we find it in Caesar. He which is was wished until he were. He wasn't born Caesar, the king. But here was an ambition fulfilled because he was wished into it. He desired it, lived in the state, and everything reshuffled itself to conform to that state to which he was faithful. I see it in my immediate circle. Those who you would not think for one moment would ever become prominent, but they desired to be prominent. Those who desired to be successful, as they conceive success. No two see success in the same manner. Some see it through the eyes of wealth. Others through rising in some profession. Others in some other manner. But whatever they conceive it to be, they can realize it. If night after night they sleep in the assumption that they are now what they would like to be. Now that was Neville's act as if statement. Once again, you're, this is Brian Dempsey, your host, and you're listening to Neville again on WBTN AM 1370. I just wanted to let you know a little bit about myself. I've been studying the law of attraction and so forth since 1989 when I ran into a friend, John Moriarty, who has now passed away. He introduced me to Ernest Holmes. It was a quite deep book, but I read quite a bit of it. Then I moved on to U.L. Anderson, and of course, you know, I've seen the movies, uh, The Secret. I've read many of Wayne Dwyer's books. Uh, so I've been studying it a long time, but far, far, far above. Ever since I stumbled on Neville Goddard, uh, he is the number one person in my mind. He had this message long before most of these folks do. As a matter of fact, many of them reference Neville and, and feel he is their best teacher. Uh, I know Wayne Dwyer references him quite a bit in his books and uh, I really look forward to bringing the show to you talking about Neville once again it's not about religion he studied the Bible but uh, it, it's about spirituality it's about I amness it's about we are all one it's about uh, what you think about you bring about and until next time remember I am and so are you Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.